الحمد لله الحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته so the story of ibrahim عليه السلام is mentioned again and again in the quran on numerous occasions and the reason for this is because of the 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 barakah of the blessings that were given to Ibrahim alayhi salam. Ibrahim alayhi salam is known in the Quran as Khalilullah, meaning the close friend of God. This is because of the high rank that he achieved in his relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he is known uh, across all uh, of the religions of Ahlul Kitab by Jews, Christians and Muslims as a, a revered person, as a prophet. Now the reason for this is because Ibrahim alayhi salam, he made a dua. He said, uh, uh, oh Allah, allow that the, you know, the believers, allow them to all remember me and uh, all the true believers to hold me in a high regard. So that's why everyone reveres uh, uh, Ibrahim alayhi salam as a high regard. Furthermore, some people, they argue Ibrahim alayhi salam, if, you know, uh, if Islam is the true religion and, you know, if you're going to look for a true religion, you'd have to look at it through the lens of whether they believed Ibrahim alayhi salam or not. And uh, you know, one scholar, he once said that if you truly believe in Ibrahim and if you truly believe in Allah, God, then you would be the one to send peace and blessings upon Ibrahim. So the scholar, he asked the Christian, he said, do you send peace and blessings upon Abraham? He said, I can't think of any occasion where I've done it. So then he asked the Jew, do you know of any occasion where you've asked Abraham and you've sent peace and blessings upon Abraham? He says, I cannot think of any occasion. And then he asked a Muslim, and what did the Muslim say? Every single salah that they pray, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Ali Muhammad, kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala Ali Ibrahim, inna ka hamidun majid. That means that Allah send your peace and blessings upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his family and Ibrahim alayhi salam and his family. Every single salah you are made to uh, remember and send peace and blessings upon Ibrahim alayhi salam. Why? Because of the dua that he made. And that demonstrates the power of dua, the power of supplicating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That when you ask him for something, he will not only give you what you asked for, but he will give you better than that. So Ibrahim السلام, he's come from a family, a good lineage, and he, when he's brought up, he's brought up in a, a situation of uh, idolatry, where the people are worshipping idols. Now, Azar, as is known in the Quran, he's the uncle of Ibrahim السلام. Many people say he's the father of Ibrahim السلام. This is incorrect. Azar was the, the uncle of Ibrahim Why do we know this? Is because Ibrahim was the, the, the forefather of Muhammad And the lineage of Muhammad was pure He was free of any defects and idolatry So Ibrahim for him to have gone through that lineage And we know this in the Quran that some people will argue that Azar was the father of Ibrahim This is incorrect, why? Because in, uh, the, in the story of Ibrahim When his uh, uncle, if he was his father he, he, he Azar, he is told he cannot make supplication for this man anymore. Why? Because he has gone against the commands of God and he's an idolater. So God tells him, He tells Abraham, you cannot, you can no longer make dua for this man as long as he's an idolater. But then we look later on at the story of uh, Ismail السلام, where Ismail السلام, he helps his father build the Kaaba, the you know the, the the house of God, Baytullah. And when he says this, he makes a dua that we all say in the salah again. Rabbi ja'alni muqim al-salati wa min dhuriyati wa min dhuriyati. Mean, oh Allah, accept our praise and the praise of those who have come before us, meaning our fathers and our forefathers. So, how now, 
has he gone to make dua for the if he was his father how has he gone to make dua for his father if god had renan- uh, told him and you know like uh, rebuked him for making dua for his father rather um, azar was the uncle of ibrahim alayhi and this is the, the stance that makes more sense this ikhtilafi matter but that, that's the stance that makes more sense meaning there's a difference of opinion so ibrahim alayhi he now lives in a situation where people are worshiping idols and what does he do Ibrahim Salam, you know, for his whole life he's uh, worshipping one God, monotheistic, and all the people around him. Nowadays, uh, Ghazali says that nowadays in our society people don't worship idols, but they worship themselves, they worship their own carnal desires. And you see this because people are living a life of hedonism where they're trying to attain more materialism and money and wealth. And as a result of that, they become lost to the fact that they are going to die. They become lost to the fact that, you know, all the high regard that you hold yourself to. At the end of the day, when you die, the people aren't going to call you by your name. They're going to say, bring the body. Put the body in the, uh, you know, the, 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 the burial place. Leave the body there. Put the body there. Do this to the body. Do that to the body. Don't cremate the body. Bury the body. You won't have a name anymore. They're not going to call you by your name. They're going to call you the body. Instant, just like that. All of your status, all the, you know, the social standing that you ever had is gone. There's a blink of an eye and you're, you're known as the body. And this shows that you can worship yourself and you can worship your desires all you want. It's not going to bring you any good. And we see this to the story of Ibrahim Alayhi So Ibrahim Alayhi he tells his people, worship one God. Wattaqullah. Qala ata'budun. Meaning, worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And ittaqillah. Fear him. Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because he's the God that deserves to be feared. So now they say that Ibrahim Alayhi he went, uh, the, 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 his father, well, his uncle, his uncle Azar told him, we are going to go on a festival and it's a big festival where we're going to you know uh, go out and sacrifice some meat for the gods and he told Ibrahim Alayhi to join join them on this festival and Ibrahim, Ibrahim Alayhi says no I am ill I'm sick now what he meant by sick was sick uh, you know this also shows that the, the, the concept of a white lie it's permissible in Islam Ibrahim Alayhi when he said he was sick he didn't mean literally he had a, a physical sickness he meant he was sick of the idolatry and paganism so when they had all gone off and they had gone to their festival. Ibrahim Alayhislam, he does something very, very clever. He goes to the place where all the idols are. And when he goes to the idols, there's food everywhere. Because they have left food to sacrifice for the idols. So the, the idols are all there and they're not doing anything. They're silent, they're not moving. And Ibrahim Alayhislam sees this. And he just looks at these idols and says, you know, who are you helping? Why aren't you talking to me? Why aren't you eating this food? He says to them, why aren't you eating the food that these people are putting for you? So Ibrahim Alayhislam, what he does is that he destroys, he gets a, a, an axe, he destroys all the idols and he puts the axe in the hands of the big idol, the big elder of the idols. When the people come back, they're shocked, they're astounded, saying, what's happened to our gods? Who has destroyed our gods? So they go to Ibrahim Alayhislam and say, Ya Ibrahim, what happened to our gods? Ibrahim Alayhislam says, you see that big one over there? What happened was that big idol, he got a hammer and he destroyed the rest. Said, Ya Ibrahim, are you mocking us? He cannot do that. And Ibrahim Alaihissalam at this point he says, If your God cannot destroy the other gods and he doesn't have the movement of destruction, then what power does your God have? He says, Isn't it better for you to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone? And the people become enraged. What does Ibrahim Alaihissalam says? He says, فَإِنَّهُمْ إِلَّا رَبَّ الْعَالَمِينَ That they are all enemies to me except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. الَّذِي خَلَقَنِي فَهُوَ يَهْدِينَ وَالَّذِي هُوَ يُطْعِمُنِي and he says, 
والذي أطعم أن يغفر لي خطيئتي يوم الدين ربي هب لي حكما وألحقني بالصالحين إبراهيم عليه السلام says they are all enemies to me except God the Lord of the world who created me he created me and he guides me he guides me and he gives me to eat and he gives me to drink and then when I am ill he is the one who heals me and he is the one who will cause me to die and then he will bring me back to life again and then on the day of judgment I hope that he forgives me now when we look at the concept you know when prophets عليه الصلاة والسلام and they ask for forgiveness in the Quran the, the stance of Ahl Sunnati wal Jama'ah and the made body of Muslims in regards to this is that prophets cannot sin prophets are infallible they do not commit sins when they are asking for forgiveness it's just because of the high standing that they have that some scholars uh, Sayyid Muhammad al-Alawi al-Maliki rahimahullah in his book The Perfect Man he comments that if you know you are going to talk about this verse it means that even an atom's worth of you know like a blemish that might be held on another man the atom of the man is held and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rebukes his prophets based upon the atom's amount meaning they don't really do anything wrong that's an atom's amount that the hadith say that if someone has an atom's amount of faith they enter jannah that's what the hadith says and then the, the, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he holds the prophets to account for an atom's amount of why, why? because he wants for them the state, highest state of ubudiyah the highest state of servitude and worship and this is why these prophets they keep turning back to, back to God so Ibrahim alayhi he says this and he, he makes a dua and he says ya Allah you are the one who creates me, you are the one who furnished me, you are the one who saved me, you are the one who will save me on the day of judgment. Ya Allah, forgive these people and guide them to the truth. So now, what do they do? These people, they are enraged. They say, how dare you? How dare you forsake our culture? How dare you forsake our tradition and our religion? And this goes to another point, that Ibrahim salam he warns them of something. Taqlid. Taqlid in i'tiqad. Taqlid in your beliefs. And Ghazali also talks about this in the Ihya. He says that, Someone who completely blindly follows their sheikh or their peer or someone who leads them and he does it to such an extent that he doesn't know his own beliefs, then he is sinful. His Islam is accepted, but he is sinful. Why? Because Islam is based upon a religion of serving, search, searching for the truth. It's based upon cosmolo cosmology, that you go out and you look for the religion, you look for the truth, that proof of God is around you. Ibrahim Islam used his aql, he used his rational reasoning, then he used the naql, he used the text and he used the, 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 the um, reasoning that God gave him through his mind. And what did the people do? Because of their stupidity and their, uh, you know, their ignorance, they, they, they now decide to destroy Ibrahim Islam. What did they say? They said, build a fire. So now they decide to build a fire. And it was a fire, they say that if a bird was going through that fire at the top of it, the bird would collapse and die. It was a very, very, very blazing fire and now they attempt to put Ibrahim in the fire why? because of their hate towards Ibrahim and Ibrahim before this he tells his father well his uncle he tells Azar again and again and again he tells Azar he says to him Ya Azar worship Allah alone to such an extent that his uncle says to him if you say this to me again I will either kill you or I will have you banished do not say this to me again or there will be consequences so Ibrahim salam, he says, Ya Rabbi, I've tried with this man. And then it goes to a hadith. There's a hadith that talks about Ibrahim salam, and his father on the Day of Judgment. Ibrahim salam, will meet his uncle Azar on the Day of Judgment. And he will see his face miserable and full of dust. Ibrahim salam, will say to him, Did I not tell you that you should not disobey me, that you should worship on God? And his father, his uncle would reply to him and say, I will, I, will, I will listen to you today. I will obey you today. And then Ibrahim alayhi salam, he makes a dua. He says, Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi, 
you told me that I will not be disgraced. We remember the dua that we talked about at the beginning that Ibrahim made the dua that he's respected by the people till the day of judgment and he's not disgraced. He says, Ya Rabbi, you told me I'll not be disgraced and the disgrace on this day is that if my uncle is put into the fire, Ya Allah, forgive him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says there's no place for such a, a treacherous person on this day. And then Ibrahim he turns around and that his father or his uncle is reduced to dust and he's, a, you know, he's, a, he's, a, he's turned into a, a, an animal, a wretched animal. And then he's dragged to the fire. Why? Because of the level of his disobedience and his treachery that the truth has brought about to him. Ibrahim he keeps telling these people and he tells them, worship Allah, ittaqillah, fear Allah. Now fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's a concept that's based upon sabr. Now sabr, what does sabr mean? What is sabr? Patience. Sabr is patience. And sabr, when you, Ibn Qayyim, he mentioned this and he says, sabr is a poison. In this linguistical sense, there's actually a poison called sabr. And the reason for this is because when you swallow sabr, it's something that's so difficult for you to handle, so hard for you to handle, you know, to, to, you know, to hold on to, to hold your tongue, to hold uh, your actions, your a'mal, and to control yourself. It's the highest form of tazkiyah, the highest form of purification of yourself. That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, فَصَبَرٌ جَمِيلٌ فَصَبَرٌ جَمِيلٌ And patience is beautiful. Indeed, patience is beautiful. And that is what the prophets had to endure. That now what they do, they try and do, they try and put him in the fire. They try and put Ibrahim in the fire. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saves him. But he's put in such an extent that they put Ibrahim and they put him in a catapult now. Because they cannot chuck him in the fire because of the severity of the heat. So they get a catapult. They launch him into the fire. Shackled in chains and then thrown into the fire. What does he say? This is the dua of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Hasbuna Allah wa ni'mal wakil. Hasbuna Allah wa ni'mal wakil. What does this mean? Memorize this dua. Hasbuna Allah. Indeed, Allah is sufficient for us. Allah is enough. God is enough for us. And how good a protector is He? Hasbuna Allah wa ni'mal wakil. Ni'ma meaning how great and wakil is your protector. Hasbun Allah wa ni'mal wakil. And he said this. And now the narration says that Jibreel alayhi salam, he comes down to Ibrahim alayhi salam and he's in the fire. He says, Ya Ibrahim, I will help you and I will get you out of this. Ya Ibrahim, I'm here to save you. God has sent me. So that I have no need for you. What need do I have for you? I am calling upon God alone. So God has sent this angel to come and save him. And Ibrahim alayhi salam says, No. He says, God is enough for me. I do not need your help. He says, Hasbun Allah wa ni'mal wakil. And then what happens? They say that the fire does not affect Ibrahim He's in the fire for about a day. And they say that, it's the, the, there's narrations that say that that was the best and the most comfortable, comfortable day of Ibrahim The greatest of fires that the people, they had to chuck him into a, in a catapult. They had to put him in a catapult to try and get him in there. This is the power of fire against people. There's a narration that Rasulullah he once saw the people and they, were, they, they burnt a, a bee's nest. They burnt it, they put a fire on it. And he said, what right do you have to touch fire when your Lord is the Lord of fire? Meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He controls this and His punishment is fire. These people, they tried to put the, a prophet, someone who was sent by God into a fire. Why? Because of their wretchedness. Why? Because they were ignorant. Now Ibrahim alayhi salam, there's a plank that's made. There's, 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 a, there's an opening that's made in the fire. He walks out of the fire and who is there? Who is there? His nephew. His nephew Lut alayhi salam. Lot, another prophet. Another prophet of God. And they say that when Ibrahim alayhi salam was in the fire, 
There was no animal on earth that tried to put the fire out. All the animals were trying to put the fire out, except the lizard tried to flare it up. The lizard. So that's why there's narrations that say you should kill certain lizards. Why? Because of the, 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 the nature of it. And then Ibrahim, uh, Ibrahim he now, he's in a situation where he's let out of the fire and he's with his nephew. And the people, they, they are idolaters, they, they worship idols. So now Ibrahim, السلام, what does he do? He goes with his family, he takes them and he gets away. He's, imagine how he is at this point. Everyone he knew, everyone who he was around, his family, his society, his community, they shunned him, they attacked him, they tried to kill him, they put him in a fire. And you know why? Because of because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that Ibrahim السلام, was gentle of heart. He was gentle of heart. This was his nature that he was a prophet who cared a lot for his people. To go through this was very, very difficult for him. But it was something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put in uh, put as a trial for him. Why? That he may overcome it. Fasabarun Jamil. That that test that he was put through made him even higher in nature of Ubudiyah. He made him a higher nature of servitude. That he became a greater servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, greater than he already was. And this is what made him Khalilullah. This is what made him the friend of God, the close friend of God. So Ibrahim alayhi salam, he goes from there. And now he leaves. And when he leaves, he goes to a place. And this place, it's a place now where they're worshipping the sun and the moon. They're worshipping stars. So he leaves this place and now they're not worshipping idols anymore. Now they're worshipping a different kind of God. They're worshipping stars and moons. They're worshipping the Zoroastrians like Zoroastrians where they worship the sun and the moon. They worship fire. So he sees these people. And what does he say? Ibrahim salam says to them, you see that, uh, that moon over there? You see that, that moon over there? That's my God. Ibrahim salam says this. And people comment on this. This is in the Quran. When Abraham said, this is my God, he was trying to uh, entice them into a logical argument. And this logical argument went about that. He said, you see this moon, this is my God. And then the moon left and the sun appeared. He said, you see that sun? That sun is my God. Why? Because the sun is bigger than the moon. Then the sun disappeared and the stars appear. He said, that star, the stars are my God. So then, he, you know, these people, they were like, wait, wait a second. First you said that, that, that the moon, then you said the sun, then you said the stars. What's going on here? And then he asked them, is, did, did this make sense to you? That the sun leaves, the moon leaves, the stars leave, and you're still worshipping them. Does this work with the aql? And now these people, they are like, how dare you? How dare you say this about our gods? And they, he says, worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Worship Allah alone. And these people, they do not worship Allah alone. Why? Because of taqlid. Because of their tradition. Because of their culture. Now our culture has made us blinded to so many things. Except for the fact that we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and we fear him. And that, that fearing of God, you know, the angels once inquired to their Lord, they said, Ya Rabbi, look at this world. So when the creation of man, the creation of uh, insan happened, the angels looked at the earth and they said, Ya Rabbi, what a beautiful world this is. The suns and moons and stars and wine and alcohol and there's fruits and there's trees and there's, you know, there's, there's, there's greenery and there's meadows and valleys. They said, Ya Rabbi, these people are never going to want to leave. It's so beautiful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, La. He says, No. He says, I've created death. And then the angels reply and they say, Ya Rabbi, they are never going to be in a state of comfort. They are always going to be in a state of dread, anguish, sorrow, repentance. They are always going to be in a state of remorsefulness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, No, I've created tawakkal. I've created hope. This is a fine balance between taqwa, fearing God, and tawakkal, trusting in God. 
Because patience is a virtue that holds both of those concepts together. That you fear God, but you also hold Him to such a high extent that you call upon Him alone. That He is your, your, your God and He is the one you worship. Why? Because tawakkal is a concept that no matter how many difficulties you are going through. Ibrahim alayhi they threw Him in a fire. What does He say? That dua is the epitome of tawakkal. Because even when the angel that was sent down by God came down to save Ibrahim from the fire, what did he say? He says, no. He says, Hasbunallah, Allah is enough for me. And we see a similar instance at the time of the Prophet Muhammad during the instance of Ta'if. Now what, what happened in Ta'if? Ta'if, the people, they, 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 they gathered together, the men and the children and the, 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 uh, the, the adults. And what did they do? They pelted stones and bricks and mud and dirt at the blessed body of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, to such an extent that there was blood pouring out of his body, and then the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam he takes refuge under a tree, and then Jibril alaihi salam, Gabriel he comes down, and he says, "Ya Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, see that 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 angel of the mountain there, he has been commanded to do your bidding. Now if you wish, you will lift up and you will swallow these people into half because of the way that they have, you know, hurt you." And the Prophet Muhammad says, no. He says, maybe there will be some people from their lineage who will grow to be true believers and true representatives of the earth. And now when you look at Ta'if, what happens later on during the battles? That the people of Ta'if, they are from the last to accept. But when they accept Islam, they bring such a great victory during the uh, wars of apostasy that they are the ones to help the Prophet Why? Because the Prophet Muhammad's dua was correct and his judgment was correct. That he forgave those people in the instance that there might maybe some good that came from them. Ibrahim salam, he's put in the same predicament. He doesn't destroy these people. He goes on a, a, a journey of wilderness and difficulty alone. Ibrahim salam, with his wife, his wife Sarah, they are now together. And what happens? Now they're going through a different difficulty. And they go to this king. And the king is named Nimrud. Now, Nimrud is a, a king, a tyrant. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Alam tara ila alladhi haja Ibrahima fi rabbi an atahu Allahu al-mulk ith qala Ibrahimu rabbi alladhi yuhyi wa yumit qala ana uhyi wa umit qala Ibrahimu fa inna Allaha yati bishamsi min al-mashiqi fa'ti biha min al-maghribi fabuhita alladhi kathar wallahu la yahdi al-qawm al-zalimin Have you not seen him who disputed with Abraham about his lord because Allah had granted him power when Ibrahim said, My Lord is he who gives life and ordains death. And what does Nimrud say? He says, I give life and I cause death. What does he do? So the story goes that uh, Ibrahim is giving da'wah to this man, this king. And the king, he brings back two prisoners. What he does is he kills one of the prisoners and he lets one go. And he says, I control life, I control death. I kill that one and I let that one go. I control life and I control death. And then he says, it is Allah indeed who causes the sun to rise from the west, the east to the west. So can you make it rise from the east to the west? Can you make the sun rise? And he, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Thus he was of those who disbelieved, confounded. He was so shocked and he couldn't answer that logical argument. That these people, they became such slaves to their desires, their carnal desires, that they thought that they were gods and they became delusional. That they were from the best of creation. In reality, they were wretched. Why? Because of their pride and their haughtiness. That Allah says that the one Turn to me and I will be there for you That's the, the sincere advisor and the sincere student Someone who goes out there The sincere believer Who goes out there to learn about his religion For the sake of God And the sake of getting closer to him He will truly get it 
you will get that uh, response. Guide us on the straight path. Guide us on the, those, the path of those who have gone uh, righteous, not those who have gone astray. And that's the path of Ibrahim Ibrahima Hanifa. And we are not of those who worshipped gods beside God. So what happens is that this king, he's a tyrant and he's a zalim and he's a fasiq. And he says, what he does, he used to take the, the women of husbands. So now Ibrahim who is he with? He's with his wife, Sarah. And the king, he's taking the wives of men. And Ibrahim is put through a predicament. And what does he do? He says, this is my sister. So he says that Sarah is his sister. So uh, Ibrahim Salam, in the, the Nimrud, he lets them go. So what? This is a system. Uh, it's a, it's an example of the fact that Ibrahim Ibrahim Salam, and Sarah they were uh, sisters and brothers in religion, in a sense. Again, this is a white lie that Ibrahim Salam, uh, said in order to get away from the tyrant and oppression of that ruler. That in certain instances you need to do whatever you need to do. To protect yourself from the evil and the, the tyranny of certain people. So Ibrahim السلام, he now lives with his wife in that, that kingdom. And he tells the people. He tells the people to worship God alone. But then someone says. Someone says that Ibrahim السلام, is not of. That's not his sister. He says that Sarah is not his sister. So then the king gets Sarah. And they say that he gets Sarah. And it's to such an extent that he has her in captive captivity now. That he takes her and he has her in captivity. Takes her as a prisoner. And then the king, he has a bad dream, a very scary dream. Where he's shown the fire. And out of that, he lets the, the, the Sarah, he lets the wife of Ibrahim go. And not only that, he gives them a gift. And that gift was the daughter of Nimrud. Who was she? She was the mother of Ismail Hajar. Now... Hajrah, yeah. Then they, they go out and now Ibrahim السلام, he's left and he's out of that kingdom. So first he went in a city where they worshipped idols. Then he went to a place where they were worshipping gods uh, beside Allah who were the sun and the moon. Creations, khalq, makhluq. And now he went to a kingdom where they were worshipping their king and they were put in a situation where there was a tyranny. So now Ibrahim السلام, he migrated to Syria, Sham. He goes to Egypt and he stays in Hijaz. So Ibrahim السلام, he goes now with his nephew Lut his wife Sarah السلام, and Hajra السلام. and now they are going together and Lut السلام, he says I will leave that way Ibrahim, uh, Ibrahim السلام, parts with his nephew Lut and Lut السلام, he's put through a different trial that we will talk about in the future and Ibrahim السلام, he keeps going on his journey and he goes until he gets to a place where he now migrates. There's a difference of opinion where he migrated. Asham, uh, Hijaz. Now he's there. And Ibrahim السلام, he had a wife, Sarah. السلام, but she was barren. She could not have children. At that point, she couldn't have children. So then, Ibrahim السلام, he makes this dua. He makes a dua saying, Ya Rabbi, grant me children. And what happens is that Sarah السلام, she gives her handmaiden Hajar السلام, to Ibrahim السلام, to have a child. So what happens? The child is born. But what happens is that before that, Ibrahim السلام, 
before that Ibrahim alayhi salam is Hajar. So there's the slave girl's Hajar. There's as to whether she was a slave girl or a princess. But the more valid opinion is princess. So then the Sarah alayhi salam, she says to Ibrahim alayhi salam, take this woman and she may you may get offspring of her. And Ibrahim alayhi salam, he they got impregnated with uh, uh, Hajar alayhi salam got impregnated and what happens is Ibrahim salam, she uh, flees and then an angel comes to her and says do not be afraid that the child that you are about to conceive will bring great good and that child was Ismail salam, Ismail the one who will bring and build the Kaaba with his father so then this is from the, 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 the scripture of the, the, the Israeliyat meaning the, the people of the book so you get different types you know when they compile these books they use Quran and Hadith and then they use certain scriptures from uh, early uh, biblical references in order to add addition to it which is permissible in certain instances in order to add extra detail as long as it doesn't contradict the message so Ibrahim salam, he now sees the birth of his son Ismail salam. how old was Ibrahim salam at this instance he was 86 years old he was an old man he's very old when an instance where you know it was not possible to give to have a child and why is this? Why was he allowed? Why, why was it permissible? Why, why did it happen that he had a child at this age? Because of his tawakkal. He said, Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakila. This was the dua that he made. Why? Because he knew that as long as he turned to God alone, God would provide for him in instances where there's nothing to get out of, where there's no uh, doors opened. God would like, look in the fire. The door was literally opened in a fire, in a blazing fire. The door was open and he escaped. In this instance, the door was open in a different way. That Regardless of the trials and difficulties you go through, God will open doors for you in ways that you do not expect it. That rizq, that, you know, that, when you look at the, the literature of hadith, the science of hadith, so many hadith talk about the, the, the fact that rizq is written for you. It does not say your death is written for you or your spouse is written for you. It says your rizq. Why rizq? That's a question I asked myself. And the, the answer is that the Quran and the hadith always mention rizq. In the Quran. The Quran and the Hadith always mention risk because it's the, the thing that people love the most. Your money. That even in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, mm-hmm. God puts the loss of wealth before he puts the loss of life. Why? Because people don't care if you die. They care more about their own wealth. That you might die today and there'll be people talking about worldly matters and businesses at your grave, at your burial. Why? Because people are like that, and especially in the day and age that we live in. It's all about acquiring more money, acquiring more wealth. And that's what the hadith always refers to, risk. But the answer is that your risk is written for you. Even if you are on top of a high, lonely mountain in the middle of, the, uh, in middle of nowhere, your risk is written for you. What you are meant to have, you will get. And we look at the, uh, Imam Nawawi, was a great scholar lived a few hundred years ago. Imam Nawawi, he lived in uh, he lived in Asham and he lived in a place where he lived in a little room in the masjid. All of his life. He never got married. Why? Because he said that I cannot provide, I cannot, uh, you know, I'm not in the state where I, you know, due to my academic, you know, uh, zeal, the fact that he put so much energy and, you know, he wrote, over, uh, he wrote hundreds of books and that was his state. That, you know, as long as you trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you leave, you know, do tabdeer of all of the worldly matters, you leave this affair to God, then that will answer it. 
Now what happens is that Ismail السلام, he's born. Hajar السلام, she has had a child. Ibrahim السلام, sees this. And it says that now Sarah السلام, becomes before she becomes pregnant, they say that Hajar gives birth to Ismail and then Sarah felt ill towards her and asked Ibrahim السلام, to hide her face. So Ibrahim السلام, took Hajar and his son Ismail and they went to a place called Bakka. And that place back then it was called Bakka. You look at the Bible, it's mentioned. And they go to an isolated place in the middle of nowhere, in a desert, in a rural desert in the middle of nowhere. And they go there. Middle of nowhere. Ibrahim السلام, he leaves his baby there. He leaves his wife there. What does he say? I trust God and I, I, I trust that He will open some path for me and for my children and my wife. Now he leaves a bit of provision for them and he goes back. Hijaz, he goes back to where he came from and he leaves his wife and his newborn baby there and now Hajar السلام, what does she do? she runs out of food now she's running from Safa to Marwa running from Safa to Marwa and she's looking for people this is why when you go on Umrah and you go on Hajj what do they do? they go from Safa to Marwa as a sunnah of this, to look back at this story Hajar she did not give up in the Trust of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala She knew some door would open for her So she goes from Safa to Marwa Again and again and again Until she sees a group of people She goes to those people And she she ends up bringing a child up In a place called What happens is that she She's going from Valley to valley Valley to valley Valley to valley Then she hears a sound She goes there She goes towards it And then Suddenly a spring opens up And that spring opens up the risk is written for her. Her sustenance, risk means sustenance. That a random spring gushes out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, it starts making sounds. Zamzam. Zamzam, that's where it comes from. That, 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 that you know, that, that sound that the, 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 the fountain was making. And what does she do? She provides for her child and she provides for herself. In the middle of two valleys in the rural Arabia where there was no people around, it was, it was in the scorching heat. And Ibrahim had left and Ismail السلام, she had a newborn baby and she herself was fatigued because they ran out of food. She does not lose faith in God. There were no people until she hears a sound. She goes there. And why is that wall called today? A zamzam. And that's the, the wall that people go to today to gain barakah, to, you know, to do uh, the kabr, to, to, to you know, benefit from that place. And Hajar السلام, she, she sees this place and she takes control of it. Then the people come, the people of Mecca, as is known later on. And they say, can we drink from the water? She says, yes, you can drink from the water, but we own it. And then Hajra السلام, she brings up her son Ismail السلام, in this new city called Mecca. She brings up her child. And now we look later on where the, 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 you know, the ancestors of Muhammad السلام, where they try and create, the, they try and look for uh, uh, the, the wall again and it was actually the you know the, the because when we look at the, the genealogy you got Ibrahim السلام, then you've got two children Ismail السلام, and Ishaq السلام. Ishaq السلام, he was the one who had the 12 tribes of Israel so the you know the, the concept of Judaism it came from those 12 tribes but Judaism is not Islam was never Judaism Islam was never Christianity Islam and the prophets of Islam were always Muslim like for example 
says in the Quran about Isa alayhi salam, فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ And indeed we are Muslims. What did the, 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 the magicians of Musa alayhi salam say? رَبَّنَا أَفْرِقْ عَلَيْنَا صَبْرًا وَتَوَفَّنَا مُسْلِمِينَ What did uh, Dawood alayhi salam say? رَبَّنَا أَفْرِقْ عَلَيْنَا صَبْرًا وَثَبِتَ قَدَامَنَا وَانْصُمْنَا عَلَى الْقَوْمِ الْكَافِرِينَ And makers of the Muslims and allows to destroy those who defy your message. What did Ibrahim alayhi salam say? Uh, uh, and then he says and he makes a dua that he, he asks his progeny to be from those who sub, to submit to God we look at the story of Adam السلام, and Nuh Nuh says we are the first of the Muslims that all these prophets uh, Islam by its definition By its linguistical definition Means to submit to God To submit to one God That's what the prophets did Now when we talk about Judaism We talk about it as a tradition And as a culture So these 12 tribes of uh, Israel Meaning Ya'qub Yusuf The 12 tribes that came about After Ishaq They came about As a byproduct of that So then that's why they say That the, you know, the offspring of Ishaq And the offspring of Ismail Are cousins why? Because of the two brothers and her children. So now we look later on at Mecca. We can look at it from the age of Jahiliyyah. We can look at it here. Where now what happens is that there's an interesting narration I was reading the other day. That when what happens is that Ibrahim السلام, his son Ismail السلام, he grows up with these people and he becomes one of the most prolific speakers of the Arabic language. That these people, they, they look up to him, they admire him. And every few months or every few years, Ibrahim السلام, used to go there and visit his son. While he was growing up and he used to you know, fend for him and he used to watch him and he used to look at how this, you know, this great child was growing up to be so great. So Ibrahim السلام, one time he looks and he sees that his son has got married. And then he asks her wife, he asks his wife, he says, uh, how is my son? How is your situation? And she says, oh, it's so difficult. We are living in such difficulty and poverty and, you know, it's so hard for us. And Ibrahim السلام, he gives isharat, he gives a sign to his son and he says, you need to change your doormat. When you need to change your wife, when you need to get another wife. Why? Because the whole point of Ibrahim السلام, is Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil. That I trust in Allah, ma'ali my face to God. And he says, This is not befitting of a prophet because Ismail السلام, is going to be a prophet in the future. So now, years later, or months later, Ibrahim السلام, comes back and Ismail السلام, he has a different wife. And he asks her, What is your situation? How is your situation? She says, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. وَمَا تَوْفِيقِ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ تَوَكَّلْتِ وَعَلَيْهِ فَلْيَتَوَكَّلِ الْمُتَوَكِّلُونَ Alhamdulillah. All praises to God. And tawakkal. We have faith in Him. And we are, we, are, we are satisfied with His, the risk that He has written for us. And Ibrahim السلام, tells his son, you must keep your doormat. And you must keep your wife. Because she is going to bring good for you. Now we go back to the story. We can go to the story of the sacrifice. But before this, it's mentioned in the Quran. That Ibrahim السلام, he is now approached by angels. He's approached by angels. That there's an ikhtilaf as to when this happened, whether it was before the sacrifice or after the sacrifice. If you put it before the sacrifice, Ibrahim is he is brought by angels and the angels say to him, Ya Ibrahim, we have been so so what happens is that a group of people, a group of men, so called men, they come to his house. Ibrahim out of his generosity. He goes and he gets 
an animal, like a, a full cow, and he sacrifices it and he brings it to his house and he tells his wife to cook it so he could feed it to the guests. But the guests don't eat it. And he's shocked. He says, you know, what is going on? What is the meaning of this? And then he sees this, he feels something very weird. Who are these men? Why are they not eating? Where's the, you know, the carnal desires that we all have? And then he sees, and they say that we are not men. Rather, they were angels, they were sent by God. They said, La taqaf, do not fear. So Ibrahim السلام, he sees these angels and he asks them, Why have you been sent here? He says, We have been sent here on our way to go to the Prophet Lut because we are going to destroy his people. We are going to destroy his people after the crime that they have committed. But then they go to Ibrahim السلام, and they say, But we have brought you good, good news. And then Ibrahim السلام, he is told, that we are bringing you good news of a son that will come to you. And his son, your name, his name would be Ishaq. And then he will say, How can I have a how can I have a child? You know, I'm even older now than I was when Ismail was born. How can I have another child? And Sarah she is shocked as well. Because she was barren, she could not have children. That's why she he had to have a, a child with Hajj in the first place. And he's told this. And he is shocked. But then he takes the word of his Lord. But now Ibrahim السلام, he, he disputes with the angels and he says, you cannot destroy the people of Lut. Because Ibrahim السلام, he never made a dua of destruction for any of his people. Not the people of his uncle, not the people of the fire worshipper, the, uh, the sun worshippers, not the people of Nimrud. He never made a dua for Allah to destroy them at all. Rather he said, قَالَ عَبُدُ اللَّهِ He said, worship Allah alone and fear him. That's all he said. Because Ibrahim was a soft of heart. So when now the angels told him that they were going to destroy these people, he said, do not destroy them. You know, how can you destroy them? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to Ibrahim salam, Ya Ibrahim, do not question me on this matter. Because you know, you, you do not know what I know of. And Ibrahim salam, he is satisfied with the, you know, the, the, the news of his Lord. But this shows the nature of Ibrahim salam. They say there's one narration of Ibrahim salam that he was, you know, his sunnah was that he never ate alone. Ibrahim السلام, never ate alone. He used to always eat with people. But one time there was no one to eat with. So he sees this Jewish man, he sees this, uh, this uh, polytheist, this idol worshipper. And he sees this man and he goes home and he eats alone. Now Ibrahim السلام, he receives wahi, he receives revelation. And God says to him, why did you not share your food with that man? And he says, Ya Rabbi, he associates partners with you. How can I share my food with him? Then God responds to Ibrahim السلام, and says, Ya Ibrahim, am I not the one who provides for him? Do I not sustain him? Do I not feed him and give him health? What right do you have not to feed him and give him health? That if I am his provider, I am the rizqal ibad I am the one who provides rizq and sustenance for my people. Regardless of their nature, whether they're kuffar or not, I provide them with that sustenance. So what right do you have not to give them? And he says, Ya Ibrahim, go back to that man. Go back to him and feed him. This is the nature of the mercy of God. The mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That on the day of judgment, the mercy of God is written on the arsh that the mercy of God precedes his wealth, his anger. That the mercy of God, you know, it says in the Quran that the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala encompasses all. It's all encompassing. That the keys of the, the heavens and the earth, they are placed in the mercy of God. So now we look at Ibrahim alayhi salam. And this isn't the only trial he goes through. He goes through about three or four more trials after this. But look at what we've covered now.
Ibrahim السلام, he's born in a place where the people are worshipping idols and he tells them to worship God alone. They do not listen to him. They try to throw him in a fire and his uncle and all the people around him, they ignore him. Ibrahim السلام, he enters the fire and he says, Hasbunallahu wa ni'mal wakil. This is Ibrahim السلام, when you think about him, this is the dua that comes to your head. Hasbunallahu wa ni'mal wakil. Allah is enough for me. And this is the dua that many people make. This is the dua that you should make when you're in any situation of the sabr is required. For sabr on Jameel. Ibrahim is put in this fire. Jibreel comes and he does not want his help. And he says, Allah will open a door for me. Allah opens the door for him. Then Ibrahim goes to the people who are worshipping the sun and the moon. Then they defy him also. And he leaves them. He doesn't make a dua that Allah destroys any of these people. Then he goes to Nimrud and his kingdom. And he sees this tyrant and he tries to give him da'wah. The tyrant does not accept the da'wah. Then he goes to the people of Mecca and he leaves his son there. And then there's about four or five other trials that occur. As we know for Eid, for example, that Ibrahim is commanded to sacrifice his own son Ismail. He's commanded to sacrifice Ismail. Why? Out of a, a, you know, a test of loyalty by God. And when Ibrahim is about to sacrifice his son, what happens? The son is replaced by, uh, uh, you know, uh, offspring, uh, um, sacrifice, animal of sacrifice. And that animal of sacrifice is taken and it's something that Muslims every year, and Eid al the big Eid, they sacrifice animals. I have sunnah of this. This is the, 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 the standard that Muslims hold Ibrahim to. But when you look at the Day of Judgment, on the Day of Judgment, all the prophets will have thrones. The narration say that all the prophets will have thrones. They'll be on thrones. The people will run to Adam السلام, They say that on that day, people are going to be drowning in their own sweat. They will be drowning in their own sweat out of worry, out of hesitation, out of anguish of the deeds that they have committed. They will go to Adam السلام, and say, Yeah, Adam, you are the father of mankind. Help us on this day. Adam السلام, says, Nafsi, nafsi, myself, myself. My Lord is angry on this day like he has never been. I cannot help you. Go to someone else. They go to Nuh salam. Nuh salam says, Nafsi, Nafsi, my Lord is angry on this day. He has never been this angry. Go to someone else. They go to Musa salam. Before they go to Musa salam, they go to Ibrahim salam. Say, Ya Ibrahim, we look up to you, we admire you. You are one of the greatest of the Islamic leaders. Ya Ibrahim, help us on this day. He says, Nafsi, Nafsi, myself, myself, I cannot help you on this day. Go to someone else. Go to someone else. Ibrahim says, I cannot even help my own uncle. My uncle has turned to dust in front of me. How can I help you people? Who do they go to? They go to Musa salam. Musa salam says, I killed a man. Nafsi, Nafsi, I cannot help you. Myself, myself, go to someone else. They go to Isa salam. they go to Jesus. Jesus says, my people took me as a God beside God. Go to someone else, I cannot help you. My Lord is angry on this day, he has never been this angry. And then they go to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu What does the Prophet Muhammad say? He says, Ummati, Ummati. He says, my nation, my nation. He says, come to me for this day, you know, for this day expiation. Expiation and tawassal. Intercession has been granted to me by my Lord. Come to me and take your refuge with me. See, the essence of sabr is salawat al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Salawat is sending peace and blessings upon the Prophet. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
that the one who sends peace and blessings upon the Prophet, God will send peace and blessings back upon that person ten times. Dua is simple. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. That is salawat. As simple as that. And those few words, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu said in a hadith that the one who sends most salawat upon me will be closest to me on the day of judgment. They will go to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And they, they say that uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said that every Prophet was granted a dua. Every Prophet was granted a dua in their lifetime and they all took that dua. Ibrahim alayhi salam, he asked for people to remember him well. He asked for a child and his dua was accepted. Why? Because he was a Prophet and he trusted in God. He said, except for me. I saved my dua for this day. And my dua is that Allah forgives my people. They say that all the Prophets will have thrones, right? Except for the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He would be on the ground and he would be prostrating like no one in the whole of creation has ever prostrated to God. Then God will say, Ya Muhammad, what do you want? What do you wish for? Ya Rabbi, Ummati, Ummati, my nation, my nation, forgive them, forgive them, forgive them. And then they say that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he will take all, at all of the people who have, you know, uh, because this, this, this shafa, this intercession is known as shafatul kubra, the, the, the intercession for those who have committed major sins, major sins, big sins. And the Prophet will take them out and he will extract them. And he will save them from the punishment. And then God will ask, say, Ya Muhammad, are you happy? He says, no, Ya Rabbi, they are still people. And they say that the Prophet Muhammad will not be happy until every Muslim and every believer is helped by him. Even those with an atom's amount of faith. An atom's amount of faith, an atom. Imagine an atom is not even, you can't even think of an atom. Every believer is given respite by the Prophet on that day, even if they have an atom's amount of faith. That we sin, miss prayer, commit haram. You are in a situation where you commit haram and you are a sinner. We're all sinners. The point is not about sinning, the point is about turning back to God. The point is not about how difficult your situation is. The point is about turning back to God. The point is not about how many people hate you and how many people love you. The point is about turning back to God. Whether people hate you, whether people hold you in such high regard and they love you and they respect you and they revere you or they hate you and they wish to kill you. It's about turning back to God. Ibrahim salam, his family loved him and the people of his uncle hated him. What did he say in both situations? Hasbun Allah wa ni'mal wakil. It's about turning back to God. You can only truly turn back to God if you love the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi And you can only truly love him by understanding his life. We look at all these Prophets and when we look at the story of Ibrahim alayhi there are so many trials that he went through. But something that we know for a fact is that the trials that Ibrahim alayhi went through, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi went through all of those trials in different ways. We looked at Ta'i for example, when the people pelted the Prophet and made him bleed. Ibrahim alayhi went through something similar. Ibrahim alayhi he was told to sacrifice his son. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa he was told to sacrifice himself. He was told to be in a situation where the people are going to make him a source of ridicule and they're going to humiliate him and they're going to lie about him and slander him. But he was told to be patient. Sabarun Jamil. And what does he do? The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa never cursed anyone except for one instance. And the instance is that during the time of Jahiliyyah, when the, the, the pagans, they were ignorant, group of the, the kuffar, the group of the non-believers, they came about and they got the intestines of a camel and they decided who is going to put the, the intestines of the camel on the back of the Prophet while he is in prostration. Then one of the, the men, he said, I will do it. 
and then they put the intestines on the back of the Prophet. What happens? No one has the guts to remove the intestines. Why? Because of the humiliation and the difficulties that they were placed in. That Ibrahim السلام, he was placed in a situation of tyranny, but he still managed to escape. But the people of Muhammad السلام, the people of the early, the early believers, they were in a situation where they had to live with the ridicule. So no one could do anything, but they called Fatima السلام, the daughter of Muhammad Siya Fatima, your father. Fatima السلام, she goes and she's still a child at this point, she's a young girl. And she goes and she removes the intestine from the back of her father. And the Prophet is crying and he says, Ya Rabbi, curse be upon Abu Jahl, curse be upon this and that man. That's the only instance that the Prophet cursed these people. Why? Because not because of the harm that they did to him, but the harm that they'd done to her daughter, his daughter. That they put his daughter through such difficulties and hardships. Fatima السلام, the daughter of the Prophet. She was the most beloved of everyone that he ever had after Khadija. السلام. The Fatima السلام, she, you know, she was uh, the mother of the two great grandsons, Imam Hassan and Imam Hussein. The wife of Imam Ali. That we look at this and this progeny, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, in the Quran, when he talks about the progeny of Ibrahim السلام, he says, Assalamu alaykum ya ahlul bayt. He talks about the ahlul bayt. And he, he, you know, when, when Ibrahim السلام, when these angels come to him, they say that your Lord sends peace and blessings upon the people of the house. The people of the house at Ibrahim Alayhislam's time, their lineage is the same lineage that goes back to Fatima Alayhislam. Because you look at Ibrahim Alayhislam, who is his child, Ismail Alayhislam, Ismail Alayhislam, his all of his lineage goes back to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, his daughter is Fatima Alayhislam. That lineage and that preservation of the Ahlul Bayt, that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says that, uh, that he has made clean and he has made pure the Ahlul Bayt, the people of the house. That you love and know God by knowing the Prophet. You love and know the Prophet by knowing his family and his companions. You look at the companions of the Prophet. They say that Abu Bakr radiallahu anh, you know, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, the first Khalifa of Islam, the one who succeeded after the Prophet. They say that if anyone, if all the deeds of the entire Ummah were to be placed on one scale, the entire Ummah, all the deeds that they ever did were on one scale, and the deeds of Abu Bakr were on the other scale, the deeds of Abu Bakr would be outweigh them. Why? Because of the amount of sacrifices that he put up for Islam. In order to love the Prophet, you look at his lineage, you look at his seerah, and you also look at his family and his companions. And then you look at it from a comparative perspective, that you look at their situation and you look at our situation. One thing that all these Prophets and all these people had was tawakkul. La haja, without hardship. Even through the difficulties that they faced, they had, they had a faith and they had a compassion towards God. And they did this through being loyal to their Prophets. Now these prophets, they were put through such difficulties and torments. Why? To prove one message. Worship God alone and fear God. Fear God because punishment will come to you if you do not. But this is the message of Ibrahim السلام. You know, later on he is made to build the Kaaba with his son Ismail السلام. He is made to deal with the difficulties that his people put them through. And then he makes the final dua. This is the dua of Ibrahim السلام, when he builds the Kaaba. Oh Allah, accept my dua. Oh Allah, forgive me. And my parents. And all of the Muslims. He makes a dua. And in that dua, that's the dua that we say in the salah. Oh Allah, forgive me. 
and accept my prayers. وَمِنْ ذُرِّيَّتِي And the prayers of my parents and my forefathers. رَبَّنَا وَتَقَبَّلْ دُعَاءَ Oh Allah, accept this dua, accept this supplication. رَبَّنَا وَتَقَبَّلْ دُعَاءَ رَبَّنَا اغْفِرْ لِي وَلِوَالِدَيَّ وَلِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ يَوْمَ يَقُومُ الْحِزَّبَ Until the day of judgment. This is the message of Ibrahim a.s. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be firm upon the message of these prophets and guide us onto the straight path. أقول قولي هذا أستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائل المسلمين وأتوب إليه